welcome to the Travel Agent Interview. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and I am privileged to have Judy Yerza back on the line with me. Judy was one of my first guests talking about the religious pilgrimages that she plans, and she is here today to update us on the finalized itinerary for her 2018 pilgrimage for Our Lady of, is it Fatima? Well, it's actually, we're, we'll be visiting a few shrines, so we're just calling it a Marian pilgrimage. Uh, okay. Because there's a few different ones. Okay, great. Well, we're going to get into those details soon, but welcome, Judy. Thanks for being on the program again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, Judy, the last time we talked, you were expecting baby number two. Tell us about your new tiny treasure. Oh, yes. So I had my second daughter. We named her Abigail Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And nice name. she's just precious. Oh, thank you. She's two months as of yesterday, born September 12th. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big baby, eight pounds, eight ounces, 21 inches long. Yeah, it's like my Joey, a big baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a big baby. She doesn't even look like she's two months. She's a very chunky baby right now. Hey, fat babies but, are healthy yeah. babies. That's all right. Yes. Yes. Oh, I I love her little cute little cheeks and her roly-poly thighs. It's so cute. <laughs> if you want to give us happy. pictures, we'd be happy to take a peek and post one if you'll allow us. But I understand if you don't want to do that. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, that's fine. I, I'm happy to, to share. Who doesn't love a baby? This is a travel show, but <laughs> let's post pictures of babies. <laughs> Well, Judy, thanks for sharing us about your baby. Um, I wanted to talk about a news article that I think is ludicrous. Um, I got this news article from uh, a podcast I listen to that I bet a lot of our listeners also listen to, which is Cruise Radio with Doug Parker. That guy's awesome and um, just shares some really interesting things. And the article he shared this week is uh, kind of mind-blowing. And it is about a cruise passenger being removed from the ship forcibly after attempting to stage a mutiny, I thought it was a spoof, but apparently it's true. Have you read this article? No, I have not. So short of making him walk the plank, they did have him forcibly removed. But apparently this Costa Neo Riviera had to make some changes on the itinerary. And after the second time that they had to make the change, this guy was pretty dissatisfied. And so he threw a series of, I guess, rallies or demonstrations with about 60 other passengers protesting and and wanting them to, you know, dock anyway at these ports. Um, and then, I, get, I mean, at one point they were like children. They were banging their fists on a table to alert people of the con job that Costa was trying to pull over on them. But... He got 60 people on his side. Yes, 60 people. But here's the thing. <laughs> they they were protesting not being allowed to dock in Madagascar. But the reason they weren't allowed to dock is, no kidding, the plague. I didn't even oh. know the plague was still around, but apparently more than 100 people died. And so they said, it's a health risk and you can't dock. And these people wanted to, to dock anyway, you know, and risk getting the plague. So, so they thought it was made up that the plague wasn't there. They were calling their bluff. Yeah, they I wouldn't tra- want to call that bluff. 
Yeah, they were saying that it was, you know, pre-planned. They just didn't want to make, you know, they just didn't want to dock. But it's like, I mean, this says the World Health Organization has declared Madagascar a serious risk, reporting that over 100 people have died from bubonic and pneumonic plague. Like, I thought that these things didn't actually exist anymore, kind of be honest. Yeah, same here. But um, they do happen, and these people, like, whatever. So what if my organs are liquefied and blood runs out of all my orifices? Like, <laughs> let's go visit. Um, and then be on a boat until we get home. Yeah, and let's take it. This, what was that? Uh, what was that book? John Grisham turned it into a movie. But the guy gets on the airplane and spreads all the disease. You know, that's exactly what they're trying to do here, right? Bring it onto the cruise ship. Yeah. Let's dock all around. The, I mean, okay. So wasn't it outbreak? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was outbreak. That and that's an old book. It was oh. a good book. Anyway, port authorities eventually came in and, uh, the cat asked the captain if he wanted anyone removed. And he said, yep, he wanted, he wanted these guys removed. Um, and, and they said that they were finally freed from their floating prison. So, uh, good article, ridiculous article, but wow. uh, you can check it out on <laughs> cruiseradio.net. And uh, another great podcast to listen to. But, um, yeah, that's kind of some craziness wow. in, in the travel world these days. Yeah. Well, I would um, have said, uh, can we speed it up past Madagascar? I don't even want to. Yeah, for real, full throttle. Near it. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. I am not into germs. I mean, again, I will eat at any food truck you put in front of me, probably, because I like Thanks. that sort of thing. Not the germs, but the food truck food. But the plague is not to be messed with. No, I agree. <laughs> so surprise question. If you had to pick a Disney princess and you got to be that Disney princess for a day, which Disney princess would you be? Oh, I would be Belle, hands down. Oh, really? I was thinking that you have <laughs> that mane of gorgeous hair that you might pick Jasmine just because you have the hair going on. But just, oh, that was just hmm. my guess. But why Belle? I'm not a fan of showing my midsection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is a little... She, uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess it's culturally the style, but yeah, you'd have to be pretty confident. So why yeah, Belle? but I'm, I'm a little bit more of a bookworm like Belle. Um, I love reading, and then her dad was a scientist of some sort, or an inventor. Yeah. I have that science part of my life. We're both brunettes. I love her gold gown, and I just love the story. I love Beauty and the Beast. Okay, that's good to know. I ask you because in a couple of weeks we're going to have Jeff Barnes on the on the line, and he wrote uh, The Wisdom of Walt and now Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, which is uh, business practices based on the model of Walt Disney. And um, anyway, it's going to be really good, and I just wanted to throw that little teaser out there. Thank you for answering that question. Oh, sure. All right, Judy, let's talk about you and let's talk about your finalized itinerary for the 2018 pilgrimage. First off, let's recap quickly because a lot of people probably haven't heard the first podcast you did, which I think is episode five. Let's talk just briefly about who you are and what your passion is. And then let's talk about the itinerary. So, as you mentioned, my name is Judy Ursa. I'm owner of St. Christopher Mission Travel. I named my travel consultant firm St. Christopher um, after the saint of travel, patron saint of travel. 
St. Christopher. Um, I started doing um, pilgrimages for friends and family, basically just out of love for that sort of travel. That my honeymoon, people and my friends and family joked that it looked more like a pilgrimage than a honeymoon because our our pictures. We went to Italy, mm-hmm. and it was just you know visiting church after church and basilica and Vatican City. And that's just what my husband and I love to do. We love to visit missions. When I lived in California, I would constantly want to visit a mission anytime I went up and down the coast. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, a pilgrimage to me is just uh, a way of expressing my religion, a concrete way of um, sort of living my faith. And And it always sort of gives me that little extra, um, I guess, grace, mm-hmm. uh, to, to persevere in that month or year and to be able to help other people, um, realize that for themselves, couples, families, it's, it's a real joy. Judy, you are taking your kids on this trip. Would you say this is a family friendly itinerary and is this something you're encouraging families to do? Definitely. I think that pilgrimages are definitely a a family-friendly travel uh, thing to do. I've always sort of uh, loved to do mission trips with nieces and nephews before I had kids. And, uh, you know, just learning about the faith, it it starts when you're young. I think uh, when I would travel with my own parents, with my grandparents, those are memories that stick with you to, to visit. For example, for me, I I would visit uh, monasteries and basilicas in Mexico. And I, I went very young. My, my parents are astounded that I still have memories of this at three or four years old. Um, So I, I never, I don't think it's ever too early um, to, to go on something like this. Yeah, and you can say it's not just an investment of your vacation dollars, it's an investment into the faith of your child. Let's talk about the itinerary. Last we talked, you had an idea, but I think now you have it finalized. So let's tell us, um, give us an idea of what that looks like. So the dates are June 16th, 2018 through June 29th, 2018. And we're encompassing three different countries, Portugal, Spain, and France. Mm-hmm. The main uh, places we'll be visiting, we'll be visiting the Shrine of Our Lady in Fatima, the Shrine of Our Lady in the, in Our Lady of the Pillar in Saragossa, Spain, I'm sorry, and the Shrine of Our Lady in Lourdes, uh, France. Okay. Um, however, we'll be making additional stops in Lisbon. Uh, we'll be seeing um, the old quarter there, Uh, Well, one of the things I want to mention is that aside from just seeing holy shrines, I tried my best to incorporate a little bit about the country that we're visiting. So, yes, it is primarily a faith-based travel itinerary. However, you know, we're traveling all the way over, so might as well, you know, get a little sense of what that country has to offer so as far as food and art. Um, so we're getting a little bit of a blend. Um, so with that said, 
the other stops we're making in Lisbon, for example, we'll see their old quarter, um, as well as, you know, their famous monastery, um, Monasterio de Jerónimo. Um, we'll be making a stop in Coimbra uh, to see, uh, I believe it's a monastery where uh, one of the young children that saw Our Lady in Fatima, she lived there for 50 years. Okay. Her convent, I'm sorry, not a monastery. Okay. Um, a stop in Braga, Spain. And we'll also be stopping in Santiago de Compostela, which is a really famous pilgrimage site. Um, it was made famous in the Middle Ages. Um, it's also, in English, it's called um, the Way of St. James. Okay. Um, and it, it has various routes to leading to the Cathedral of St. James. It's believed that the remains of St. James the Greater are buried in this cathedral. Um, and in the Middle Ages, you would walk from your home somewhere in Spain or France all the way to the cathedral. And this is in the northwest part of Spain in the very coast, um, just the very tip of edge of Spain. Mm -hmm. And um, so this was a very popular route. Um, some people, the traditional route of this pilgrimage is, I think, a month long. You walk oh, from cow. France, <laughs> yeah, from France all the way to the edge of Spain. Um, but we will be walking, I believe it's just like the last quarter mile. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's a, another really, that's really doable. exciting stop. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, bring your sneakers. That. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, so Santiago de Compostela is a stop, and Burgos, Spain is also on that route. of. Um, it's sort of like we're getting a taste of that, um, the Walk of St. James, only we're sort of taking a bus <laughs> backwards or to Burgos. Burgos has a very beautiful Gothic cathedral, um, and we'll get another sense of the other pilgrims walking. It's just um, sort of a, a camaraderie that happens, I think, between pilgrims that are all going through, you know, some sort of route, um, whether it's, you know, to carry their own personal intentions, um, thanksgiving for blessings, um, penance for past sins, or just to receive a special grace. You know, everyone does it for different reasons mm -hmm. to enrich their faith. It's just a really nice thing to sort of share with other people. So I think making a stop here and being able to see the other pilgrims walking the Camino, walking the way to St. James would be really, really nice. Um, and then we'll be ending our pilgrimage in Paris. And uh, the main stops are the um, the Basilicas of Notre Dame mm -hmm. and the Basilica of St. Chapelle. And, I'm sorry, Cathedral. Okay. Let me say that again. Um, in Paris, we'll be visiting the cathedrals of Notre Dame and of St. Chapelle. And... Obviously, everyone knows Notre Dame, but St. Chapelle, I learned, was ha was created to house the um, crown of thorns of, of Jesus. Mm. And it's this beautiful, beautiful cathedral, these gorgeous stained glass windows that go from, you know, floor to ceiling. And it's not just a regular building, floor to ceiling. It's 
this immense building and it's, it's just gorgeous. It's, it looks like a, a jewelry box and it, and that's what it was. It was just to house the crown of thorns um, in the middle ages. Do they think uh, they have now, it? No, it's been moved. I believe it's in Notre Dame. Okay. Um, but it is not, um, I, I don't think they ever have leave or allow people to see it except on certain special dates. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. probably dust. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a fragment. Yeah, you're right to, at this point, but I'm not, I'm not certain. I know that, um, yeah, for many years it was, it was there. I myself have not been to St. Chappelle. I've been to Notre Dame, so mm-hmm. I'm excited yeah. to, to visit and get the full history. Well, maybe I would join you because it is just across the channel from me. So. Let's oh, see. yeah, we'll have to stop and say hello. You are welcome. Maybe not all 50 of your pilgrims because I'm living in a hobbit <laughs> house, but. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, you're more than welcome to go with us that day. That might there be nice. See it. I'm, I'm very excited. Now, do you have one more stop or are you going to the Sacred Heart? Oh, yes, we'll be visiting the Basilica of Sacra the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, the, in the Montmartre district is my favorite. I think it's my favorite part of Paris. Yes. Um, it's just, uh, I found out that it's the translation is the, um, Mount of Martyrs. Okay. So, um, this is actually, um, historically a, a very, um, I guess important, um, part of the, you know, Christian history. So to culminate there, to end our pilgrimage there in the Sacred Heart, I think sort of it's like a symbolic kind of um, ending to me. You know, we're, we're we're doing this entire trip to hopefully enrich our faith, to grow closer to Jesus Christ. So to say we're we're stopping and we're ending at this beautiful basilica of the Sacred Heart. It's just. It's like the cherry on top. Yeah, I went to a mass there about uh, four years ago, maybe, and uh, it was it was wonderful. But I tell you what, you know, we used coins over here instead of you know like a dollar. Mm-hmm. We don't have you know, there's no dollars. It's like you either have the euro or you have the pound or whatever you have the franc, but it's coins. And so people, there are like souvenir. You can have your coin squished. You know what I'm saying? It gives you like a, oh, it yes. becomes a medallion or whatever. Or you can just make donations and like to support the upkeep of the building. But there was like eight people that dropped their coins during this mass and it felt so disrespectful. I was just like cringing and like my, I, I had my daughter on my back in a carrier and maybe my husband did, but it was like she was managing to be in awe and misbehaved in these Taurus, which is so disrespectful. So, hey, guys, if you're going to visit one of these places, just be prepared. Know where your money is and just try to be respectful to what other people are doing, especially some people might be on a pilgrimage like this where it's really emotional and important to their faith life. Yes, I feel the same way a a lot of times in um, like the Sistine Chapel. Mm -hmm. It's just they say to be quiet in, I, I think it's like seven different languages. 
Mm-hmm. And it's so loud. I think every time I've gone in there, it's so loud. So it's so hard to to kind of concentrate and pray or even just to look around, you know, it, it's so distracting at all the, the hordes of tours and the groups. It's just, it's so, it's, it's distracting. So yeah, yeah I we agree. need to be good guests. Uh, <laughs> yes, I agree. Yes. Well, let's talk about um, the priest that you have attending. Last we talked, you did not yet have a priest, but now you have a priest attending. Tell us about this guy and what his role will be on your pilgrimage. Well, actually, I'm I'm very excited. He's fairly young, Father Corey Stika. He's um, a priest here in the Diocese of Great Falls, Billings, Montana. Uh, he's a pastor in uh, at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Malta, mm-hmm. Malta, Montana. And he, yes, he was a chaplain um, for several years. Um, and then now he's the pastor. Um, and actually, our pilgrimage will coincide with his 10-year anniversary of his ordination. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, yeah. So when we arrive in, or when we leave Lourdes, uh, I believe that day, it'll be his 10-year anniversary. So that makes it a little special. A lot special. That's and, great. Yeah. And we're just very excited. He, um, he's a very reverent priest, um, you know, to hear his sermons. And I believe on our website on com, if you go on this group tour, um, we've linked, uh, Father Corey's, uh, recent sermons. And if, you know, to just get a glimpse of, um, what kind of you know, pastor he is. He's he's very knowledgeable, and I, we're just so excited to have him and to be able to uh, walk with walk us through this sacred journey. And um, we'll be he'll be offering daily mass for okay. our group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it in every stop we'll have um, mass at different chapels, different churches. Um, confession will also be arranged. We'll have. Um, Depending on the the itinerary for the day, we'll have a set time um, to to do that, and it, I'm I'm excited for um, you know the sermons that we'll have at um, these really great places. Yeah, I think that this is going to be really. I don't want to say feature, but I want to say resource. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really great. We're very excited, very excited to have them. Now tell us about the video you produced and uh, what what's in it and how we can find out more information about um, booking details, uh, deposit deadlines, all of those sort of things. Well, the video sort of came up. Uh, I can't take full credit. That was my husband's brainchild. Well, he did a good um, job. It came up. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll pass that on. <laughs> um yeah, he. It, the idea basically came from uh, my going to different uh, churches to speak because I've, um, for the last um, three months, I've been inviting other churches um, on this journey. So uh, when I go and sort of speak in person, I think a lot of people um, sort of, I guess it just resonates a little better. Um, 
And, and my husband said, you know, I, I think maybe you should make a video with it, exactly how you speak at churches, um, sort of give a little bit more background because maybe a lot of people don't know about Our Lady of Fatima or Our Lady of the Pillar and Saragos of Spain or Our Lady of Lourdes. They don't know the stories. So, you know, they have no idea what this pilgrimage is really about. So that's sort of what I hope to convey in the video, a little bit of background. I got that um, from it. So you did a good job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we're, we're hoping that, um, you know, that just gives a little bit more insight and yeah, just, uh, if anyone has any other questions, they could always visit our website, um, stchristophermissiontravel.com. And like I said, there's a group um, tab, and in that tab, there's a Marian Pilgrimage 2018 link, and it has a short video, um, another, again, detailing the itinerary, and it has a lot more information as far as what the tour includes, um, the pricing, um, the deposit deadline is, as, as of now, it's December 6th. Okay. Um, it's only a $300 deposit for land. Okay. Um, per person. Okay. And the final amount would be due March 19th, 2018. Okay. Are you assisting people uh, with finding air? I am. So it is a land price, a land only price. However, I am more than happy to assist, uh, pilgrims with air. In fact, I've been assisting everyone thus far except one couple um so some people just choose to you know find their own flights and others you know if you need help i can most certainly help sure judy thanks for taking a moment to share the finalized details of the pilgrimage with us about the pastor or priest you're taking along and um, all the other details and the videos and the routes that are available on your website before we end, is there anything you want to share with the, our listeners that we might not have included yet? Yes. Yeah. What I actually wanted to share was that I was inspired by the 100th anniversary of Fatima. Um, that is the main reason why I built this itinerary. Every stop was, you know, meaningfully placed um in terms of uh, a pilgrimage honoring that anniversary. And of course I was unable to go due to my, you know, the birth of my daughter, um, which was such a blessing. And, uh, you know, for those that were unable to attend um, this year for the hundredth anniversary, we invite you to join us. Um, You will definitely not find an itinerary like this, it was, uh, it's very unique. It's custom built, um, with the purpose of, you know, of the celebration of Fatima. Um, so, you know, you won't find it anywhere else. So we encourage you to come join us and, um, you know, take this sacred journey with us. Um, take a moment, you know, to enrich your faith, whether, you know, you're a family with children or, you know, you want to bring your parents along and I'm bringing my mother and my brother along. Um, you know, it, it, it's definitely going to be 
a very enriching experience and um, one that you know you'll treasure for a lifetime. Thanks, Judy. That's good to know. Uh, last question. We turn the conversation mm-hmm. around now, and you may ask me a random question, any question unprompted, and I will attempt to answer it. Oh, let's see. What has been your favorite meal thus far in your new hometown? Oh, in my new hometown. Okay. Gotta be honest, I am not loving British food. Nobody hates. <laughs> I have a lot of listeners in the UK. Nobody hates it. Just, I'm getting used to it. I just feel like nobody uses salt or maybe like onion or oh. garlic powder. I think it's like if you had high blood pressure, this is a great place for you to live because nobody uses salt. Um, but there is, a, there is a place that I've gone to consistently. It's called the Pie Meister. It's in Oxford and it is in the covered market and they just sell, um, basically if you know what a chicken pot pie is, they have mm-hmm. like very British takes on chicken pot pie. Most of them are not chicken, but they might be like lamb and leek. Um, or they have like kidney and, um, steak, which there's a lot of kidney things, which I have not been brave enough to try it, but they, um, they serve you this pie, which itself is a meal. Like really, if you're like, if you're going for lunch, you should share it with someone. Uh, if you're, you know, someone with a more petite appetite, but they serve this thing on a bed of mashed potatoes, which these are correct American mashed potatoes. These aren't like from a, like somebody mashed these potatoes. They're pretty good. And then they put the pie right on top of that and they surround it by a moat of brown gravy and they put, Yum. yeah, crumbled cheddar cheese on top. So that is oh, a pretty amazing meal. Yes, it's very good. They also, so beets are a big thing here. They call them beetroot and, um, I'm not a fan of beet. It's too earthy of a flavor for me. However, they have a beautiful coleslaw that goes on the side if you want it. And it is uh, a beautiful purple beet coleslaw. They also serve minty peas, which I have not yet tried because I like my peas with butter and salt and pepper. But I I will try the minty peas eventually. I just haven't done it yet. So um, Pie Meister in the covered market is is a pretty good meal. And it's not too formal. It has some fun, funky seating. If you're bringing a stroller, I don't really recommend it. There's not going to be a place to put it. But, um, yeah, cool place, the Pie Meister. And uh, thanks for asking. (laughs) Sure. Thank you, Judy, for being on the Travel Agent Interview this week. I am your host, Megan Chapa, saying don't forget to like us, shoot us a review, shoot us some commentary, tell me what I'm doing wrong or what I pronounced wrong. And um, we'll fix that. Thanks for listening. And until next time, good night.